0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Where We Are with Nina Zoe Porter, your breakdown of all the key events in the world from the past seven days, all in one bite-sized podcast. For today's episode, here's what happened in the world this week. And Lauren, this is the, the, the second time since January 6th uh, that the Speaker of the House has asked uh, for the flags at the Capitol to be placed at half-staff, to be lowered to half-staff, to honour uh, a fallen Capitol Police officer. The attack at the US Capitol in Washington, D.C. has left one police officer dead and another in hospital with injuries. A car crashed into a security barrier before the driver lunged towards the officers with a knife. The officers opened fire and the suspect was shot dead. However, the authorities said that the attack which came three months after January's deadly Capitol riots, did not appear to be terrorism-related. The attack happened shortly after 1pm local time on Friday. The Capitol Police Alert System sent an email to lawmakers and their staff, ordering them to stay away from exterior windows and doors due to a threat. At that time, a man driving a blue sedan rammed the car into two officers standing at the North Barricade. He exited the vehicle and ran towards the officers, at least one of whom drew a weapon and shot the suspect. The officers were then transported to hospital, one in an ambulance and one in a police cruiser. Acting Capitol Police Chief Yoganada Pittman named in a statement that officer known as William Billy Evans died in the incident, who had been a member of the Capitol Police for 18 years and was part of the department's first responders' unit. The suspect has been pronounced uh, deceased. Two U.S. Capitol Police officers were transported to two different hospitals. And it is with a very, very heavy heart that I announce one of our officers has succumbed to his injuries. In the meantime, Robert Conti, the acting chief of Washington DC's Metropolitan Police Department, said at a news conference, whether the attack was at law enforcement or however, we have a responsibility to get to the bottom of it and we'll do that. And next. This today is not the trial of George Floyd. And I've heard people say that. This is the George Floyd trial. This is the George Floyd trial. George Floyd is not on trial. This is the trial of Derek Chauvin and it should be printed and spoken about that way every single time we talk about it. This trial is about America being America for all Americans, not just some of us, all Americans. This week, prosecutors have been laying out their case for the second and third degree murder and manslaughter Of George Floyd by former police officer Derek Shelvin, who was accused of murdering George Floyd last year by kneeling on the 46-year-old's neck for more than nine minutes as he lay face down in handcuffs. George Floyd was being detained after he was accused of using a counterfeit $20 bill at a shop. Shelvin has pleaded not guilty to the charges, with his defence team arguing that he was just doing what he was trained to do. A video of George Floyd's death is the cornerstone of the prosecution case, while the defence disputes the cause of his death, claiming drugs were involved. At the opening statement, prosecutor Jerry Blackwell said Derek Shelvin had betrayed his badge and claimed he used excessive and unreasonable force. The top homicide investigator, Richard Zimmerman, said Shelvin used totally unnecessary force when arresting George Floyd. Pulling him down to the ground, face down, and putting your knee on the neck for that amount of uh, that amount of time is just uh, uncalled for. Defence lawyers have indicated they will argue that Mr. Floyd died of an overdose and poor health, and the force used in his arrest was reasonable. Footage from both witnesses' mobile phones and the police officers' body cams have been shown to the jury at length. In one video, Mr. Floyd could be heard pleading with officers saying, I'm not a bad guy. In another, Mr. Shelvin is heard telling a bystander, we had to control this guy because he's a sizeable guy. It looks like he's probably on something. Americans hope that the trial might be able to change the future of policing in the US. Time will tell on the impact of the trial. And finally, Russia's ongoing aggression uh, in Ukraine, and we're absolutely concerned uh, by recent escalations of Russian aggressive and provocative uh, actions in eastern Ukraine, uh, including violations of the July 2020 2020 ceasefire uh, that led to the deaths of four Ukrainian soldiers on March 26th, and injuries to, to others. Russia's destabilizing actions undermine the de-escalation intentions achieved through the OSCE brokered agreement of July of last year. Since 2014, Russia has considerably increased its military presence in Crimea. However, recently, an unverified video on Twitter purports to show Russian tanks, artillery, and armored vehicles heading to the Ukrainian border. Ukraine's army commander, says Russia has deployed 28 battalion tactical groups near Ukraine's eastern border and in Crimea, which would amount to 20,000 to 25,000 troops. He also stated that Russia has nearly 3,000 officers and military instructors in the rebel units in eastern Ukraine. However, Russian officials have not confirmed that, nor given any precise figures. Last month, Russia conducted military exercises in Crimea, the Black Sea Peninsula it annexed from Ukraine in March 2014. In the worst flare-up, four Ukrainian soldiers died in separatist shelling on the 26th of March near Shuma, a village in the Donetsk region. And then there have been growing concerns and tension over Ukraine's national security. US forces in Europe are now on higher alert citing escalations of Russian aggression in the area. U.S. President Joe Biden affirmed the United States' unwavering support for Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity in the face of Russia's ongoing aggression in Donbass and Crimea. However, according to experts, there is not a lot the U.S. can do. There's not a lot the U.S. can do. We can do sanctions. We can uh, you know, have strong statements. But and we can send some defensive weapons, but we can't do much more than that. That's what hamstrung the Obama administration, and I suspect that can hamstring the uh, Biden administration as well." A NATO official also told Reuters news agency that Russia was undermining efforts to reduce tensions in eastern Ukraine, and NATO ambassadors had met on Thursday to discuss the situation. So far, Russia has warned NATO against sending any troops to help Ukraine, amid reports of a large Russian military build-up on its borders. Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said Russia would take additional measures if NATO were to make such a move. Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, joined the criticism, saying military exercises and possible provocations along the border are traditional Russian games and that Ukraine is not looking for any escalation. We do not need war. So you're all caught up. That's where we are in the world this week. Be sure to listen next week to stay up to date on the latest news around the world. Search where we are with Nina Porter on all podcast platforms and subscribe today to get new episodes first.